I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 181. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. There's a word that is found in scripture and is hopefully used a lot in your church and in your conversation, and the word is gospel. But I've been challenged lately to understand it more deeply, and Ryan Stevenson's new song, The Gospel, brings that word and what it means front and center. Oh, and points us straight back to scripture. So let's listen, and then I'll catch you on the other side. It's the cure for our condition. It's the good news for us all. It's greater than religion. It's the power of the cross. So can we get back to the altar? Back to the arms of our first love. There's only one way to the Father. And He's calling out to us. To the captive, it looks like freedom. To the orphan, it feels like home. To the skeptic, it might sound take you on a little journey through scripture today. And when I'm done, I'm going to be disappointed that I couldn't do more. You see, my pastor, he speaks on the gospel every Sunday for like 45 minutes or more, 52 weeks out of the year. And even he feels as though he has not scratched the surface. So today, I hope to inspire you to think more deeply about the gospel to read voraciously in scripture about the gospel, to talk more sincerely with your friends about the gospel, and to pray more fervently that your heart would be awakened to the power of the gospel. But today we're going to use the framework of our song to inspire us as usual. And just from the chorus, it sends us on a journey from the Old Testament to the Gospel of Luke to a letter to the Corinthians. And we're going to use a few different Bible interaction tool exercises, a few bites along the way to help us on our journey. So let's jump in. So come with me 600 years, 600 plus years before the Messiah was born, and the prophet Isaiah responds in obedience to the voice of God and records these words in Isaiah 61. He says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. 
This proclamation comes after chapters of warning against sin and specifically warning against idol worship. He talks about a distinction between true and false worship, and he looks at the future glory of Israel. This chapter of good news for the oppressed comes right before a heartfelt prayer of Isaiah for Jerusalem. Now, I want to ask, how do I know this? Well, do I have Isaiah memorized? I wish I did, but that would be wonderful. But no, I don't. I use the bite, the Bible interaction tool exercise of reading the headings around the chapter or section I'm studying. That's just one tool to give you context if you have read or studied the text before. Now, because like any good highlight or underline or annotation in a book, it's going to remind you of what you've read. Now, the author of Hebrews gives credence to those prophets of old when he says, Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But I don't want you to miss what comes next because he says, But in these last days, he has spoken to us. By his son. So you see, the entire big picture of God's story given to us through his word points to his son, to the good news, to the gospel. And this section of scripture in Isaiah, it doesn't disappoint. So let's leave the dusty office of the prophet of old and time travel to Nazareth in the days of Christ. Jesus has just finished uh, the temptation in the wilderness. He's just endured 40 days of fasting and and achieved this ultimate victory over the enemy through the power of God's word. And in Luke chapter 4, as Jesus leaves the wilderness, Luke reports this. It says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. (laughs) Have you ever, um, oh, it's just an amazing scene, but have you ever grabbed your Bible, desperate for God's truth, you know, like a word from the Lord to speak to your current despair or circumstances and just open it up and start reading? Yeah, this isn't that. (laughs) Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly where to go in the scroll, which by the way, was just that, this giant scroll, a paper with scripture continuously written out line after line after line, rolled up in a scroll in Hebrew, which means for us who speak English, that it was written backward, right to left, instead of left to right. But did you hear it in our song? I love it. It said to the captive, it looks like freedom. To the orphan, it feels like home. To the skeptic, it might sound crazy to believe in a God who loves. In a world where our hearts are breaking and we're lost in the mess we've made, like a blinding light in the dead of night, it's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. 
Now, I know that the word gospel literally means good news, and it specifically is referring to the good news of the coming Messiah, which Jesus so powerfully proclaimed on that regular old Sabbath day in Nazareth. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Wow, <laughs> what, a, what a crazy claim. And we have the benefit of processing, right? So we can process this in light of all the Bible. We can process it with unbelievable tools at our fingertips. We can process it with a complete picture of what Christ did his whole life, his sacrifice, his resurrection. We get to process it in light of what is to come as detailed in, in the New Testament and specifically in Revelation. And while there were many who received this message very positively at the time, without the benefits that we have of, of you know, hindsight's 2020, they couldn't quite get their mind wrapped around it all. The very next verse in Luke chapter 4 says, And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? It's like they couldn't help but be moved by the power of the good news, that Jesus was the good news, but they couldn't get past the idea that they knew him. They marveled and then were immediately drawn back by their limiting belief that they already knew him. And if I can get nothing else across in today's podcast, I deeply desire that you hear this. When you hear the good news that Jesus is the good news, Cast aside the limiting belief that you already know him. Today on this podcast, hopefully Sunday in your church service, daily in your Bible study, you'll be exposed to the gospel, the good news that Jesus is the good news, the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So when you're exposed over and over to this good news, Pray and ask that God will remove from you any limiting belief that you already know him, any hint that you have already arrived. I've been a follower of Christ my entire life. I'm talking decades now, and I might be tempted to come to the sanctuary of my soul thinking I know Jesus enough. In the synagogue that day, the people said, isn't that Joseph's son? You know, we know his daddy, we know his family, we know him. And in the sanctuary of my heart, I may point to an experience I've had with him and I think, I know him. I may point to a prayer I have said and think, I know him. I may point to a section of scripture I have read and studied deeply and think, I know him. But how? How can I think that I can ever come to the end of my discovery of my infinite, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, limitless God, I want my life to be marked by a constant yearning to know him more deeply, to follow him more fully, to reflect him more clearly. And in the warning of God's word is that I may not always do that. You know, the fact that, um, in fact, there's a warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's one of the most succinct descriptions of the gospel. And here's what Paul says. He starts off by saying, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you never believed it in the first place. Now, before I get to his recap of what the gospel is, but I I said that there was a warning here. And although Paul didn't specifically say, I warn you, if you look closely, you'll see it. Now, you're going to have to follow the bite 
of slowing down this week. You can choose a way to do that. You could follow the bite of writing out scripture by hand. That's one really good way that I use to slow down. You could follow the bite of reading the text out loud. You could follow the bite of repetition. You could use a combination of of the three or all three, but whatever you do, slow down. But you can do this. Let's take this apart bit by bit and kind of think about it individually and then kind of put it back together as a whole. So first of all, we see a reminder here indicating that what Paul is about to say should be something that they already know. And when I really analyze the words here, I see a few angles that are going to be important. First, a reminder of what was preached, then a declaration that what was preached was received, a declaration that what was received is where they currently stand, then more cautious language or a caveat of sorts, and then a challenge. And I want to remind you, he says, let me now remind you of the gospel I preached to you before. That's what Paul is saying. Let me now remind you of this. The New Living Translation uses the words good news. The English Standard Version translates it the gospel. More on that later. But I did use the bite of reading in um, multiple translations this week, and I discovered that. So you see he's getting ready to launch into a reminder, right? Paul is assuming they received the gospel when he declares, you welcomed it then. The English Standard Version is a spe- is, um, says uh, to which you received. All right, you welcomed it then or you received it. Paul is assuming that they remain rooted in the truth which they received when he declares, you still stand firm in it. And then, then comes the caveat. One that I always hold in the back of my mind. There's always language in my podcast where I assume that some of you have received the good news and stand firm in it, but there are some listening that I know are still seeking or that God will reveal to you that you've never truly surrendered to the gospel message. And, and Paul says, it is this good news, this gospel that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. The English Standard Version says, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you. You see, the gospel is not a heaven card in your back pocket. It is truth to which you must hold fast. You must believe once, yes, and continue to believe day in and day out. The gospel saves us, but we must hold fast. We must continue to believe. That is the caveat. And here comes the challenge. It's simple, but don't miss it by not answering it in your own mind. Paul challenged unless you never believed it in the first place. And this is where reading in several translations comes in handy because the English Standard Version reads, unless you believed in vain. I like both translations because I can understand the first without digging too far, right? I understand English, unless you never believed it in the first place. But when I read it in a different translation that says, unless you believed in vain, I might question that a little bit. What does that mean? Have you received the gospel in vain? in that you've never really believed it in the first place. So I did a little digging here for you. And the Greek word vain means faint copy or mere resemblance. Think of an x-ray copy that's low on toner. It resembles the real thing, but it's not as bold or clear as the real thing. So what is the real thing? And are you holding fast to it? Are you continuing to stand firm in it? Because it is the power of the gospel that saves us. So Paul continues here. We've taken the challenge. We're answering the questions. And he says, I passed on to you what was most important. 
and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, for I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you've already believed. So that's it. That's the good news. That is the gospel. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day. Christ did it all. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. His sacrifice was final and sufficient and poured out by God on us. It is by grace we are saved through faith and not of anything we did or can do. Otherwise, we would boast about it. It was Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, our Savior. There's a little homework you can do that might be fun. Our song says, like a blinding light in the dead of night, it's the gospel that makes a way. And Paul says, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, right? And you can read all about the blinding light of Christ and Paul's dramatic conversion in Acts chapter 9. And in episode 133, we really unpack Paul and his conversion. So you might check that out. But in verse 10, it says, whatever I am now, it's all because God poured out his special favor on me. And not without results, for I've worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. So if you have received the truth of the gospel and stand firm in it, you are a new creation. But whatever we are now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on us. It has nothing to do with us, but it should have results. I love when Paul says, I've worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. In other words, even our own efforts in response to this glorious gospel, which they should be many, are not our own. They're God working through us by his grace. It's all him. What a glorious thought. Though we are not enough. He is. So we come full circle on our journey today from God through the prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before Christ, looking forward to the gospel, to Christ standing in the synagogue thousands of years ago, declaring that he is the gospel, to Paul challenging us to hold fast to the gospel. In my own life, it means forgiveness when I know I deserve the fall. It called me out of my darkness and carried me to the cross. In a moment, my eyes were open. In that moment, my heart was changed. Like a blinding light in the dead of night. It's the gospel. So what's next? Well, read Isaiah 61. Luke chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 for yourself. We've laid a wonderful head start for you to tie it all together. Slow down and use the tools at your fingertips to really soak in scripture and answer Paul's challenge. Have you believed in a faint resemblance of the gospel or the real thing? And are you holding fast and standing firm in it? 
finally, this is a great week to share what you're learning with a friend. Just share truth and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. And before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Doug from Virginia, Celia from Arizona, Michelle from Cambodia, Zelda, Jess from Kansas, and Randy from Indiana. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes or Stitcher Radio for Android users. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. As always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Doug, who wrote, More than a song is more than just a podcast. Thoughtful and well-presented, More Than a Song is a weekly journey in the Word, and Michelle is your companion. Highly recommend it. Thank you for your very kind words, Doug. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Psalm 91 by Shane and Shane to jump into scripture. This was a request by my friend and listener, Liz. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 181. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.